going out there in December when the first snow has landed on the islands and yes, no other boats around, sitting in your t-shirt with a cup of coffee in 30 <laughs> knots. That is really freedom. That That's a sense of freedom and a sense of oh, exclusivity. Not all boat owners can do this, right? So that, that's a really cool feeling of having having a boat that can do stuff that other boats can't. That That's a nice feeling. Hi, Kelly Moulton here, head of marketing at Sensar Marine, makers of Smartboat One based in Bergen, Norway, and sponsors of this podcast for the love of boats. My guest today is Erik Wickgren, managing director of Vigo Boats a high-performance aluminum boat brand with a long tradition based in Sweden. Erik has become so passionate about Sensar Marine that he is working with us to integrate Smart Boat One into his boats. So what is the max speed of that C8? What kind of engine can I put on the back of it and how fast can I go? Well, since the uh, Mercury 450 arrived a couple of years back, we uh, were actually able to use that platform, which is a V8 engine with 450 horsepower. And then, obviously, depending on uh, how you choose your propeller and so on, uh, you can reach a very high speed. But with, let's say for the commercial version of that boat, uh, we're looking at 60 plus. So My God. It, almost 65, depending on the <laughs> weight uh, at the moment. So... Uh, we uh, we definitely have some speed in the boat, but this is not primarily why people buy it. I should stress that. I would say that most people choose the Vigo because it runs very well in all conditions. Then the top speed is obviously fun, right? But it's nothing you use every day. But you definitely want a higher average speed. And this is where it gets interesting. When you have a good hull and you have a powerful engine, you would probably run something like 35 knots in this Vigo while you have been more comfortable around the 25 mark with a different hull design. So people are really looking to increase their speed while they are commuting to their cabin with uh, safety and comfort still, uh, you know, on point. So so that's a, a very important remark, actually. Some people think we as build race boats for people that are really hungry for speed and excitement and adrenaline but this is really not the case we have actually mostly families buying our boats as commuter boats to their holiday houses in the archipelago that was actually my question is who is the vigo boat owner but i want to reflect on what you just said i myself have a 21 foot utern day cruiser um and what you just said about comfortable cruising speed really resonated with me because like when i'm taking a couple to dinner at an island and an hour away, we go 18, 20 knop and can still talk and it doesn't feel too nutty. Um, and, and once you get to 35, you kind of feel like you have to grip both sides of the boat and hold yeah. on <laughs> as you're going, which is always what happens when the CEO of Sinsar Marine is driving my boat, by the way. He just <laughs> immediately puts it down to 35, 40 with the, with the big grin on his face. But what you just said really appealed to me about being able to reach – and then for longer journeys, you know, if I'm, I live in uh, Bergen, if I'm going down to Hogesund or Stavanger, I can cover that territory more comfortably at a greater speed and then presumably without gobbling up too much petrol at the same time. Yeah, because it's really about the feeling for us at Vigo, like the most important baseline, no matter what we design, what we built, 
safety and comfort for everyone on board. And what does this mean, right? So no matter what seating you choose, if you choose the suspended seats in the front or if you sit on the aft sofa, you're going to have something to hang on to. You you have a hull that's acting very kind of predictable, so you don't get any sudden movements, you don't get too much slamming in the waves. Uh, it's all of these small things that act together so your guests and yourself as a captain uh, actually feel confident to move at a higher speed than you would have done in a different hull design. Yep. So I'm not saying that there's something wrong with the design of an Utten or whatever other brand, but they might be designed for a slightly different application and maybe for a slightly uh, different boat owner, really. So that's the beautiful thing about boats, right? That there are so many variations for so many different types of applications. The Vigo just happens to be really well designed for the kind of shoppy wave conditions we have here in the Nordics and also really well uh, adjusted to kind of the climate we have in terms of how we choose materials, insulation. Yeah. It's just a whole lot of things coming together to create that experience. But that experience is something we really want to uh, push for, that you should really try. If you really are interested in, in getting a Vigo, we, we, we kind of always try to talk people into get, get on the water with us at an early stage and experience it, because it's going to get way too technical if I try to explain it all to you. <laughs> yeah. Very good. To establish Edic's marine industry credentials, Edic started Yacht Help Stockholm back in 2007, focusing on yacht management for customers in the Stockholm area, eventually focusing more and more on marine electronics installation and new boat assembly. Then Edic pursued a career in marine electronics for Navico, climbing up the ranks to be territory manager for Northern Europe. Since 2017, Eric has been the managing director for Vigo Boats and managing the Odegrun shipyard north of Stockholm. Besides producing exclusive high-performance aluminum boats, they also have a commercial marine division that does rebuilds, refits, and maintenance on commercial vessels. They also provide winter storage for boats up to 90 tons, and they have the only indoor dry dock on the Swedish east coast where they can receive vessels up to 50 meters in length. Give us a sense of uh, where Vigo is today, how many boats you're selling, how many boats are on the water, and just where you see Vigo going over these next few years. All right, yeah. So um, at Vigo, we don't build very large volumes, right? So we are uh, between 30 and 40 boats per year. Um, we uh, tend to be quite close to anyone who buys the boat, right? So we do a fair bit of, uh, we have a pretty uh, tight dialogue when we equip the boat. What engine are we gonna choose? Uh, how will you actually moor the boat when you get to the holiday house? We go into details. We love when we get people that are very peculiar and, and nerdy, <laughs> if you can use that word. Because yeah. we really enjoy when we can really find kind of the right equipment for the customer and really do the journey together with them. Uh, and this is, uh, it's, it's really interesting in the way we work. Th this is why I joined the company a few years back, right? Because we are at one shipyard where the designer of the boats is hes there every day. He's overlooking the welding of the hull. He's overlooking the assembly. 
any customer is welcome to walk in the doors uh, without an appointment any day. Obviously, we're in different times now, right? But normally, they would be welcome to just walk in, look at the build, no matter what stage the boat is in. Um, and we have this whole ecosystem on the shipyard, right, where we receive raw aluminium in one end, and we actually do the delivery on the dock right at the same yard. And uh, you're able to meet the designer and the production staff and the salespeople uh, at any time, really. Uh, so uh, it's a really cool environment to be in, and it creates a lot of benefits because when you know that the designer is overlooking the whole process, you never end up with any communication errors between kind of a factory and and all of these small bits and pieces that can go wrong when doing things more custom. With SmartBoat 1 installed, the modern boater can experience safe and secure boating like never before, always connected to your boat 24-7, regardless if your boat battery is on or off. Keeping track of your boat's batteries, water level, temperature, position, and movement. Safe at sea, safe at shore. For more information, please go to sensormarine.com. My boat is not an all-year boat. Um, and, and I could be an all-year boater being based in Bergen. And I want to be able to extend my range with my family with comfort. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the Vigo is a bit of an investment. So tell me how much one is going to set me back if I get a C8. Well, you're looking at, if we, we talk in terms of, of uh, euros, uh, it's a range between 170,000 and 200,000, I would say, depending on what engine options you choose. Yep. Uh, there is actually kind of like 20,000 euros in between just the engine, depending on if you choose a 300 or a 450, right? Yeah. And uh, if you, just yes, back to your previous question there, where we're heading, we now have... Two, three models, right? So we have the X8, the open version on the same hull as we do the cabin version, the C8, right? But we also released our C10, which is actually very close to 11 meters, the offshore version. So in terms of uh, classification, we have the uh, coastal uh, version is the X and C8. So this is made for coastal use, right? Yeah. What we did with the Vigo C10 offshore, as the name implies, we actually took it to category B in terms of CE marking, which means that you can go across to Finland without any issues at all. It's dimension to do that. So um, I really, I think we use quite a lot in our marketing is, uh, so roughly translated from Swedish. So we, we use our payoff is freedom uncompromised, right? So what does it mean? It means that you can go further in a shorter time to experience more because the things we talked about before with performance and safety and sea keeping and, and all of that. But it also translates a little bit into how well the C8 and the C10 is designed to provide like a really nice and cozy environment inside of the cabin. Uh, even these days when we have ice and snow and uh, it's really hard to actually make that work in a lot of boats, but this also extends the season. So yeah. some of uh, my friends that I have taken out on a boat, they all been out in the summer, right? They've been out on this perfect evening. They had an amazing experience of boating, but going out there in December 
when the first snow has landed on the islands and just no other boats around, sitting in your t-shirt with a cup of coffee in 30 knots, <laughs> that is really freedom. That That's a sense of freedom and a sense of oh, exclusivity. Not all boat owners can do this, right? So that that's a really cool feeling of having having a boat that can do stuff that other boats can't. That That's... Agreed. And I think extending the season uh, as, as you get past your first-time boat use is so key. And right yeah. now, I've just been sitting for actually many weeks now looking out. I, I live on Fonafjord. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is totally still. The colors in the morning and the evening are gorgeous. The water itself, too, is much calmer yeah. than in the summer. Yeah. It's like glass. We most don't of have the many time. storms after like November, December time. Yeah. We at Sensor Marine are, of course, boat lovers. But as a technology company, we also are tech geeks. We love our gadgets and smart devices that connect to everything. In this next segment, we talk with Eric about smart boats versus dumb boats and Eric's own experience with our product, Smart Boat One. If you just came here for the love of boats and don't really care about the tech and the next generation of smart boat technology, we hope you enjoyed this first episode of the podcast and we hope to have you back for the next episode of For the Love of Boats. If, however, you, like us, are excited to take a peek into the future of boat technology powered by Sensar Marine, please enjoy this last segment of the podcast. We at Sensar Marine are a little bit flabbergasted, and I don't mean to uh, disrespect you, at how dumb boats are. Yeah, and, and I'm, a, you know, I'm a happy Tesla owner. Um, here and I have this 24-7 connection to my car. Um, if if my wife has the car and she can't find the key, I can literally start the car and she can get into the car and drive it home. I know where it is at all time. Um, talk to me. I mean, I, I know you have a, a fairly uh, technological background. Well, you use the word nerd. I know you're a nerd. Yeah, a, li- <laughs> a, little, bit, a little bit of a nerd, I would say. Yeah, um, just, a, just a little bit. Why are boats so dumb and and what can we do about it going forward all right it's pretty interesting that you mentioned tesla uh, you should be very proud of what your tesla can do but what's more interesting answering your question is that my kia can do exactly just what you just mentioned as well so i can unlock the car i can start the heater i can check in on the car where it is so i can know it's ready for my next trip see how much charge i have in the battery um and if you take it even further, I actually talked to my father on my way here to the studio. He was on his way to our holiday house in the archipelago. Uh, and what does he do when he approaches uh, on the ferry? He starts the heating in the cabin, right? <laughs> so this is telematics. This is very simple digital switching. My father is 80 and he expects this technology to work in his holiday house. Yep. So if we build uh, 200,000 euro boats... I would say that it's fairly, you should be able to expect that you can do similar things as you can do, my father can do in the holiday house, if I put it that way. You should have the connectivity uh, these days to your boats in in some form. So you have chosen to test Smart Boat One. Why did you choose us? And what's your honest assessment of pros, cons, and your experience with it so far in the, the test boat? 
all right, without getting the audience too bored, I've been <laughs> in and around different telematics project aimed to solve exactly just what you are now solving with your product. Uh, so I've been very close to kind of the development and I've been close to actually been installing similar systems even eight years ago in boats. Um, but what we have to understand uh, or what, what I hope that people understand is that there is really two sides of this. One part is the hardware side. A totally different part is the software side. And your user experience is actually going to be heavily influenced about from the software side. So unless this uh, solution you have is easy to use and user-friendly and I would say nice to use, you're not going to be very happy about it. I'm one of those uh, people arguing that Apple technology is very user-friendly and easy to use and I often uh, meet people, typically Android users and what else, that explains that my phone can actually do this a lot better. But if I don't really, if I feel like the road of un to understanding this is too long and, and I really can't get anyone to understand it, it doesn't work for us. So so our um, what got us interested was actually that we felt that the sensor product is very user-centric. The, the sensor product will be created to uh, be something that my my father could use. My my eight year old father will be able to understand how it works. Um, and uh, looking at the hardware side, I actually come from uh, marine electronics hardware. That that business I worked for Navico in the past. So I I can tell when I sort of look at the equipment you're meant to put in the boat to make this work, like sensors and cables and all of that things. You, you can really see that you thought about the whole process. So how it's actually going to end up in the boat makes sense to, to work on as well, right? So the combination of hardware and software seems to be... Uh, all of that seems to be developed from, from a user-friendly perspective and a, let's say, production-friendly perspective. So we can implement this solution easily in the factory and we can also uh, make the user understand it really easily. So what, what will the Vigo owner have um, when he gets his new, he or she gets his new Vigo boat equipped with Smart Boat One, what can you describe then the relationship that they have with the boat that they didn't have before? All right. So what we hope for, I mean, uh, as you probably understood from researching Vigo a little bit and hearing me speak now for a while, is that we we want to be able to offer our customers something really comprehensive, right? We want to put something in their hands that they can feel proud about and that they that will take them places most boats don't. And this means that we actually know that a lot of our uh, Vigo owners, they use their boat throughout the year. They put their boats in locations where you don't see too many glass fiber boats lying around at that time of season, if I put it like that. And how amazing isn't the value of knowing that your boat is safe, right? So we have, today we have a, uh, Minus 10. We have sub-zero temperatures. Stuff like that can affect vehicle batteries. Uh, we know our batteries are tested to, to do the job, so we know they work. But uh, it's very a very good benefit for them to know that, okay, my battery in the boat is okay. Uh, it's not moving around like crazy if a storm arrives, so I know that my mooring is safe. I know my boat is good to go when I get there. Because sometimes they have to go 
quite far in the car maybe to, to where the boat is located. So just really providing that kind of feeling of security and safety before they go out. But then we also see that once you left the dock, um, there is a, a safety measure there as well because you're able to see how the boat is, is moving, right? So you, you can actually see where the boat is located at a specific time. Mm. So if you like someone on land to to be able to see where you are and how you go, uh, that could also be a huge benefit for just the feeling of safety for the people that are waiting for you there in, in the holiday house or at home. Mm. Uh, so there's a number of reasons why you want to be connected to the boat, but it's all about providing that. For, for, from a Vigo perspective, providing this feature to our customers makes so much sense. If you look at the values we're going for, safety, security, uh, just really user experience uh, will will be elevated by the product the way we see it. And what we should do is actually have it co-branded. You know, it should be a, a, it should be viewed as a Vigo extension of the Vigo brand. That would obviously tie in very well with our values because yeah. our hope is also that we can provide more on-point uh, support to the boat owners. I mean, we generally don't have too much interaction with people during the season. Our boats tend to be have a pretty low grade of, you know, they don't. The need for support is quite low. Yeah. But we now see that we have a uh, hundred and fifty plus boats on the market now, right? And some of them are reaching the kind of timeline where engines are at the age where stuff happens. So, okay, we when we receive a phone call, if we just take a specific case and uh, someone has struggled with their engine, um, if we're able, if we would be able to support them and actually ask them to, to, to let us see where they are, um, maybe in the future, uh, even if that's not available right now, to able to see the fault code of the engine, that would be amazing, but we're not there right now, I understand that. But once we send, let's say ultimately we or a authorized uh, Mercury service technician need to visit the boat, just to be able to provide them with the boat's location would be a huge upside. Uh, and there is a number of, uh, you know, there, there's a big row of data that we would like access to in the future, but just at the moment to be able to kind of uh, extend uh, our interaction with the customer, maybe use the, the app as uh, surface of contact with them, definitely interesting. Our hope is to provide an entire service log of how the boat has been used uh, with a direct connection and working closely you with the engine, as well as to all the vital functions of the boat. And if the user's comfortable, it can just go right in and see exactly how the boat's been used. We can get to predictive maintenance. And for yeah. us, for us, we feel sorry in a way for, for the boat builders out there like you, because once your product leaves the dock, you're not exactly sure how it's being used. And we can provide now much better data about how this product that you clearly love so much and are proud of is in fact being used. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the inaugural episode of For the Love of Boats, brought to you by Sensar Marine, makers of Smart Boat One. Check out sensarmarine.com to learn more about being connected to your boat 24-7 for peace of mind. And remember, summer's just around the corner.
Mainstream. 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 Mainst